Mr. Selector. I want to welcome you to Extravaganza, something incredible that's about to take place. World Renown. Live from NYC, it's Maestro and Kenny T. It's Mano a Mano Live. Fuéntame, mi negro. Mano a Mano Live, it's Kenny T. And it's Maestro, and we're here. It is Monday. Kenny, how's it going, fam? Cooling, brother. Feeling good. Saying what's up from Mr. Lions Only over here. You see him chilling in the back. El Gato. Well, that's funny. Let's get started with that, because there are people out there saying that it's not Lions Only anymore, fam. It's Kitty Cats Only, apparently. Uh, I'm not one of those dudes. Uh, I, I got kitty cats uh, at my house. I mean, they're pretty vicious when it comes to the house flies and, and you the, the cucarachas and anytime. Well, we haven't had mice yet. Thank God. Touch, touch on wood. But what are your thoughts, fam, about the weekend's fight? Let's start right with the main event, Charlo Castaño. Man, uh, it, was, it was a hell of a fight. Extremely controversial. Lots of things happened. Some look great. Some didn't, but it was definitely an exciting weekend, if you ask me. Uh, it seemed like the fight was going the way that Jermel wanted to up until round three. In round three, it seemed like Castaño found his way and landed a good combination, a couple good right hands, one solid to the jaw, which seemed to buckle a knee or two, and almost put a man down, but it didn't put a man on the canvas. People are saying the ropes held him up. I'm just going to say the man got some strong legs. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very controversial. It was a great fight. Everybody's saying that it was not a draw. Uh, but what I think people have to understand is that uh, uh, when it comes to the semi-popularity contest that boxing is, the hometown man is always going to get uh, semi, like, a, a, a higher rating, a higher, a higher score from the judges' scorecards just because he's the hometown man. Look at what happened in Australia when, when Manny Pacquiao fought. Uh, I forgot this guy's name. I'm very Jeff Horn. Exactly, Jeff Horn. You know, controversial things happen in people's hometowns, and it is what it is. But uh, the fight was close. I still thought that Castagna won at the end of the fight. I felt just like uh, uh, Jermel Charlo's uh, uh, trainer did. You got to knock him out. You got to go for the kill. You got to knock him out. I felt the same exact way. Uh, and Jermel Charlo had opportunities to knock him out. And he just slowed down when the time came to just continue going and just continue letting the punches go. Whether you actually knocked him out with one flush punch and put him down or you TKO'd his ass with a bunch of punches. He should have gone for the kill when he had the opportunity. I feel he did uh, his uh, his best Danny Jacobs impression at, with uh, uh, not throwing enough punches and still thinking that he won the fight at, at the end, of, still thinking that he convincingly won the fight. Uh, it looked like the, like the Tony Harrison won fight. You know, didn't do enough, uh, maybe enough to call it a draw, maybe enough to win, but didn't do enough and thought that he did enough. Well, look, here's how I saw it. Going into the fight, I always felt it was going to be a really tough fight uh, for Charlo. Castaño, despite what Abner Mahrez said, is not a wild guy who throws reckless punches, or maybe he said reckless guy that throws wild punches. He's not that. He's an attacking fighter, 
but who's fundamentally sound and has very good defense. He uses head movement. He uses feints. He varies his attack to the body and to the head. And he did get caught in the second round, and then he made an adjustment. He no longer uh, waited uh, right in front of Charlo after landing his three, four shots on the ropes for that split second. What he did instead of waiting for that split second was to raise his right hand and step off to the side. He took a half step, half step back, and he wasn't there uh, for that for that uh, counter check hook that Charlo was trying to land over and over and over again. See, Charlo is a very good uh, defensive fighter that loves to counter punch, who hits hard and then attacks you once he's got you hurt. He went for the kill in the second. Castano was definitely hurt, but Castano survived it, came back strong in the third, and Charlo did hurt him again, let's be honest, in the 10th. Uh, he hurt him bad, and but Castano stayed on his feet. One of the judges gave that a 10-8 round. I don't agree. Uh, he didn't touch the ground. I don't think it was that dominating to where you give it a 10-8 round. I had Castano winning comfortably 7-5. to five. I feel that you could have made a case for 8-4. Uh, to four. Um, I'm not going to say that a draw was a robbery, but the set 117 for Charlo is something that I just can't I can't uh, agree with that at all. And you're right, Kenny. Let's be honest. This was in Charlo's home country. It was also in Charlo's home state. And that was not a fair scorecard. And oftentimes here in the United States, people talk about, oh, you know, in Germany, they always rob the fighters. Or in England, when you go to England, our fighters get robbed. Well, what does it feel like for international fighters when they come out here? That's something that U.S. boxing fans really got to start asking. So before I go back to you, just want to thank everybody who's here with us. Mario, thank you so much. A-Rod, uh, Run PMC, thank you for joining us. Boxer Girl Tracy, Nando, Mad Dog, H is in the house. Javier G-Funky is here too. Uh, not to mention Coach Malachi. Everybody's got to check out your channel, bro. If they don't already, you're one of the best out there doing it. Ted Otengo. Back again. Love to see you here, bro. I agree. You, It was 7-5, in my opinion, too. And then we also got R. Har. Let us know what you think, fam. So, Kenny, let's talk about now what goes on at 154 pounds. Because the scenario, as I see it, is you got a lot of people clamoring for a rematch. I want to see a rematch. Castaño definitely wants to see a rematch. Charlo was asked about the rematch and said he needed to consult with Al Heyman, but I'm not one of these guys saying, oh, Charlo's scared of fighting. No, he's not scared of fighting, guys. Settle down. Cool your jets. He's just accustomed to that Al Heyman system where they run everything through Al first. I don't always agree with that, but that's how they operate most of the time in the PBC. I think Charlo would definitely want a, a, a rematch. He fought this guy, a guy he didn't have to. Why? Because he wants to be great. He wants to be the first 154-pound undisputed champion in the four-belt era, last undisputed champion since Winky Wright out of Pensacola, Florida. So he wants to be great. But we've got the mandatories that need to take place. Unless they get exemptions, I think Lubin is up again to face Charlo, and I think Tim Zhu is up to face Castaño. Those are the number one contenders to each of those respective guys. And... Call me crazy, but I would love to take it old school. I was talking about this with Mario and Ness this morning on the Boxing Voice. Take it old school. Let's do a doubleheader. Let's get Castaño and, and Tim Zhu, right, in the main event in Australia, and let's have Lubin and Charlo as the co-feature, 
and let's get the winners against the winners and the losers against the losers on a pay-per-view. Kenny, what are your thoughts? Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, Lubin already took a loss once, not saying that he doesn't deserve an opportunity. He's looked great as of late, so he does deserve an opportunity. But I would like to see the rematch immediately. Um, I think it was Charlo's lady who was saying that Charlo wants the four belts and that she doesn't see any reason why Charlo would do anything but a rematch, that the rematch is the thing that she sees coming next. Of course, that's his lady, and she's not. she can't really make a decision for the man or for Al Heyman, who he knows controls the whole narrative uh, for the PBC. But I would love to see the rematch immediately. For forget the, the runner-up, forget the guys who deserve their title shots. I would like to see the rematch immediately. And I don't see why they would, won't be able to get an exemption if it's a title fight for another belt. It wouldn't make sense for these uh, sanctioning bodies to force them to fight either Tim Zhu or um, Lubinson. It doesn't add up to me. Let them let, let them fight for the four belts one more time. Let somebody make history. Let either Castaño or Charlo make history. Let one of them come out winning. It's that simple to me. It's all about greatness. It's all about being legendary. It's all about fighting for the belts and the titles. And if somebody's fighting for another belt, they should be able to get exempt from fighting a mandatory. Yeah, I mean, generally, exceptions have been given out to fighters in unification fights, uh, to fighters in undisputed fights. But we've also seen times where the mandatories come up. I mean, it's even come up in the biggest division in the sport, like the heavyweight division, right? We've got Usyk getting his shot right now, right? And we've got a rematch taking place. Obviously, this was because of a contractual situation, but between Wilder and Fury, October 9th, oh, hala, we got to, you know, cross our fingers on that one because uh, who knows if that's going to take place. I hope it does. But, yeah, option number one, definitely let's just go, go straight to a rematch. I'm just saying if that does not happen – we got to go to option number two, and hopefully that option number two keeps us on track for that option number one. Just want to shout out Ronald Finkley, uh, Eliezer uh, Feliciano, thank you so much, and everyone else joining us live, including Mr. Julius Streeter, or Streeter, thank you so much for being live with us. So look, Kenny, you got a young prospect. Man, I can't remember his name, but I think he's one of the best division, you know, young prospects in the sport of boxing. What's his name again? Oh, yeah, I remember. Amilcar Vidal. Best young prospect in the sport of boxing. Amilcar Vidal. For those of you who don't know, it's A-M-I-L-C-A-R. Had a very impressive win on Saturday. Actually, it wasn't that impressive. I was hoping he'd do better. But I digress. I still think he's a good fighter. Kenny, what are your thoughts on the young Amilcar? Uh, I think he he's developing. I think he looked good uh, against a man who was talking insane shit. The shit that was coming out this man's mouth is incredible. But I think he did great. He got stunned at a couple at a couple moments. He decided to stand in and trade where he shouldn't have. He was he was with the whole macho shit. He should have just kept his whole boxing game up and shit. He should have knocked him out to the body. Every time that he went down to the body, you will see, I forgot what his name, I'm bad with names, so don't judge me. He, he would curl up like, oh. Aleem. Aleem, there we go. He should have just knocked Aleem down, with, uh, out, out, that, like they did to Banana Rosario. Should have just knocked him out with a couple fierce body punches and not, not let him finish the fight. It would have made him look much better. But he's a good fighter. He's skillful, needs to fall back from the macho shit. 
keep it boxing, keep it beast mode, and put the man the fuck out of his misery. Yeah, I thought he was going to get the KO. Um, Amilcar Vidal went in there with a lot of uh, hype behind him in terms of punching power. Um, very highly touted in terms of his punching power. I think maybe it's time for him to upgrade his training. Uh, I hate to say this, but, uh, I mean, maybe his, he needs to bring in somebody else to help work with his older brother uh, to kind of polish him up a little bit. Uh, because he did seem to kind of be trying to just rely on his power and out-muscling Aleem, who is a, a smaller guy physically than him. So I, I would like to see him maybe upgrade his training a little bit. Uh, Nestor told me today that he was working in Miami uh, out of out of uh, Luis Ortiz's gym. Um, I don't know if that's the spot for him, but I do definitely think he needs to upgrade his uh, training and uh, Nando says there's only one Amilcar. He ain't it. Well, I guess I'm the one who's it, right? Uh, this is the first time I remember uh, the Amilcar in boxing since Manzone's trainer, who was way before my time, uh, and that was Amilcar uh, Brusa was his name, the uh, famous Argentinian, great Argentinian trainer. So let's move on, Kenny, to a guy that I know you really like a lot, and uh, I, you know, let's talk about him real quick. He's uh, a little bit controversial, uh, and I'm talking about none other than Roli Rolando Romero. Uh, Kenny, what are your thoughts on this kid? Master trash talker. Talks a little too much. Always tries to bite more than he can chew, but nobody's giving him the opportunity. Not because he's big, bad, and scary, but because he's just not ready. What does anybody get at this moment by facing Riley Romero? He's tried to go after Ryan Garcia. He's tried to go after Devin Haney. Now he's trying to go after Tank. What does anybody get by fighting this guy? Nothing. Uh, he had some points in this last fight where he looked good. He had a lot of points where he looked sloppy and bad. I think he's a little too aggressive. I think he's a little too emotional inside the ring. He... Uh, He's doing it a little too much like if it's a street fight, and it's not a street fight. He needs to be a little more poised, a little more calm, and just just box a little more, not just throw furious, savage punches trying to kill everybody with one hit. It's not, it's not going to work out. But besides that, I love the shit that he be talking. Aggressive shit, very cocky, believes in himself as anybody in boxing should do. A, be a belief in yourself is essential to be a boxer and to be great. Just quickly, uh, Coach Malachi is uh, uh, correcting me. Uh, I did say that, uh, I think I said that Winky's from uh, Pensacola. Uh, he's correcting me. He's from Clearwater. My fault. Yep, you're absolutely right about that. Dan Birmingham's gym, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, Roly Romero, a lot of people don't like the kid. Uh, I think he's kind of funny, to be honest. I was just laughing out loud when I did the live of his uh, of the press conference before the fight. Uh, the way he his mannerisms, uh, the what he says, I found it very funny. Actually, um, in this in this particular video, he was actually bad talking uh, Devin Haney, and um, they asked him about Tank Davis. He wants Tank Davis. Uh, is he ready for Tank Davis? I don't really think so. Um, in fact, if he takes on Tank Davis. Now, uh, you know how we have a, you know, Google is, is a verb, like you Googled something? You know, people are going to be talking about how people got rollied or he rollied somebody. Mm -hmm. Tank is about to rollie Rolando Romero. He, yeah. needs, 
He he got rolled. <laughs> go ahead, Kenny. He got rolled up in smoke. Yeah, he got rolled. <laughs> there you go. He got rolled up in smoke. He got roly. He needs a little bit more time. I'm not against the kid. Uh, Me either. For what he's able to do, he's maximizing his skills, fam. And he did what he needed to do with it against Anthony. Can you dig it? Yig it, which I think is probably one of the funniest names and nicknames mm-hmm. I've heard in, in boxing in a while. Uh, but can you dig it? Yig it. Uh, missed weight by a lot. He outweighed Roly, and Roly took it to him like he was the bigger, stronger man the entire fight. It, it's it's interesting. It's 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 good. Uh, I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I, I think the guys, I'm not going to say he's bad for boxing. I think boxing has always needed characters. But I do think, much like my namesake, Amilcar, this dude needs to refine his skills and up the boxing a little bit. Um, I really think he, he needs some refining. Kenny? I, I would love, I actually saw somebody who wrote this. I actually would love to see him against a dude like Devin Haney. Devin Haney's style would give him a lot of problems because Devin Haney has a great jab, moves a lot, and is pr- pretty long. But with the with, with the with the chin that we saw Devin Haney have last fight, the one fight that he actually decided to not just stay out of trouble the entire time. If if Roly lands something that that because I, I do think Roly potentially does have uh, a lot of power. So if Roly lands something that could be dangerous, who knows? We'll see. But I do, I, I do think that uh, he needs to chill, chill out. Uh, he, he, he ain't gonna fight no tank. Uh, tank ain't gonna give him no chance. And you know who knows? The, the, the cherry picker that tank can be. Who knows? <laughs> that, that may be a possibility. But it was impressive for him to for him to fight and defeat uh, a guy who outweighed him by so much. He did look. He didn't look his best in the entire fight. Uh, uh, Yigit actually had quite a few good moments in that fight. It is what it is, though. Keep talking trash. Keep being cocky. Keep the the faces and the attitude. It's gonna make him big in boxing if he doesn't start losing too quickly, like Adrian Broner. So, if you want to call in, I'm gonna put the number at the bottom of the screen, real quick. The number, as always, we are here in New York City. Live to take your calls. The number is 718-618-4284. Again, it's 718-618-4284. If you are not in the United States and you're international, you don't want to pay those big, big phone bills, that's fine. We're on Signal and on WhatsApp as well. But before we get to any calls, and you guys should call in definitely, I'm a little bit hyped for this Saturday, man. You know why I'm hyped for this Saturday? We don't have Fury versus Wilder, but we got one of the best boxers in the heavyweight division, granite chin, great footwork, athleticism off the charts. Here we go, baby. And it's Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce is back. He is taking on Carlos Takam in what I think is a really Good fight uh, for the heavyweight division. I want to see uh, how Takam fares against Joe Joyce. He's got that jab, you know, that jab that that uh, my man Dubois couldn't get out of out of the way of. And what do they say, Kenny? If you can't beat them, join them. I'm on Team Joyce, man. I used to be on Team uh, Dubois. I still am. Now I want great things for for Joe Joyce. What are your thoughts on Joy Joyce, Kenny? The name of the team is Team Dubious. Okay. Get that, get get that right, please. Now nah, let me stop. 
Dubois, yeah, I'm not going to hate on him. It happens, whatever. At least he's coming back from it. He's coming back strong. The Juggernaut. Man, that is a great – it's it's a step of fight, right? Uh, du, Dubois is a great fighter, but uh, uh, Takam is a much more proven fighter that uh, brings a, a lot of different angles, uh, has some type of power, has fought a few, a few great fighters, right? Uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a 12-round fight. I don't see anybody getting knocked out in this fight. I don't, I don't think that Joyce nor Takam really possess that one-punch power knockout or that combination power knockout. They both seem to have a great chin on them. Uh, I think Joyce is going to do what he regularly does, stay long, use that jab, that great jab that he has, and just stay long and defensive. I, I see uh, I, I see Joyce winning this fight. Uh, we had a caller that appears to have disappeared uh, from Vermont. If you could call back, I'll get you right on the line. Uh, Usyk whooped the juggernaut. Stop yeah. playing, Nando. Zero code, zero, area code 802. Matter of fact, since people have seen the forgot, here we go again. They don't want to war with big juggernaut, big juggernaut. They don't want to war with big juggernaut, big juggernaut. Usyk is definitely not a duck, man. Usyk, sorry, go ahead. 802, you're on live with Kenny and Maestro. How's it going, fam? How you doing today, Maestro A, Boston, and uh, Kenny C? How y'all doing today? Cool, then, brother. Yeah, I just called in because um, it was a good week of boxing. You know, even though it didn't, um, it didn't, it didn't produce like what I thought it was going to produce, but it produced. You hear me? Yeah. Yo. I just thought it was a decent week of boxing, and um, it kind of gave me a. Uh, it, you know, yeah. But it's a little, it's a little quiet. But I can hear you. Yeah, can you hear him, Kenny? Yeah, I can hear him. Fine. Okay, go ahead. go ahead, go ahead, fam. Speak up. The call must have dropped. You, you're on mute, Emilcar. It said it knocked them off. Let's see. Uh, call let, back if you can. Let's see if we could get them back. Nine one nine. Are you on live with us? Increase the volume, Amilcar. I can't hear him too much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Give me a second, fam. Um, we uh, technical issues. Not too sure what's going on. Okay, here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'll, I'm going to call you guys back each individually. 919, I'm going to call you first. Just give me a second. I'll call you right back, bro. So, yeah, uh, Kenny, what were you saying? Uh, I was reading, reading Nando that said that Usyk didn't want none of the juggernaut. And he wrote, quack, quack. Nah, man, Usyk is no duck. Usyk washed the juggernaut up before. Uh I definitely saw that fight. Usyk definitely let the juggernaut have it. And I don't think that – I think they both increased in skill, and they're both way better than they ever were before. But if they both increased in skill and Usyk whooped them before, I think Usyk will repeat that and whoop them again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the thing is with Usyk is he's actually increased his size, but Joe Joyce has increased his size even a lot more uh, than Usyk has. So – you know, I, I don't see that as a replay of the World Boxing Super Series at all. Uh, not World Boxing. Was it World Bo- World Series of Boxing or whether the amateur thing was called? I don't see it as a replay of that personally. 
I think it's a brand new fight. I think the two guys are two new fighters. And I think that, yeah, it's a, it should be a good fight. Erico 919, I think we got you live now. Can you hear us? 919? Nope. I don't think we got him there. So let me bring back 802 uh, because he, he called in first. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, a lot of stuff is happening there. Um, and while we wait for the caller, and he should be live with us right now. You there with us, 802? Yes, sir. There you go. Loud and clear now, bro. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. What are your thoughts, fam? Well, are you talking about the Usyk situation? Because I haven't really followed it lately. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about what you started talking about last time. You're talking about the weekend of oh, fights. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the weekend of fights. Like, I really did kind of, um, I thought the Romero fight was entertaining, but it was weird, but it was entertaining, like how Romero was getting away with certain shots and how he was getting away with, like, pushing the dude down and things like that. You know, it is what it is. But, like, he's entertaining because he's got power. But I just thought, like, he better not be messing with Tank. The Tank on watch him. The Tank footwork is sick, bro. That's a wrap, yo. Tank on watch him up quick, yo. Yeah, I also felt felt that Romero was there to be hit, too, to be honest. And um, he was getting yeah. touched up by Yigit. But if you notice, Yigit doesn't really have a lot, lot of knockouts on his record. If he gets touched like that by Tank, it's going to be a lot of problems for him. What do you think, Kenny? I 100% agree. Uh, there were certain points that it looked like Rowley could have even gotten buzzed, maybe. I don't know. There was a couple points that he would get hit by Yigit, and then you would see him, like, freeze up and start backing up for a moment, you know? Uh, he, he wasn't all offensive or all defensive or too great the entire fight. He definitely had his weak points. It just happens to be that his power carried him to a win. He, you know, eventually in a twelve, in a what was it, ten round fight, twelve round fight, you you may just land that one punch of power, and he definitely landed that one punch of power and made you get paid. It is what it is. And after that, he started just street fighting pretty much, letting every shot, every shot that he threw after that was with power. Yeah, and uh, caller, what's your name, fam? My, my name is Ronald Finkley. Oh, Ronald. Okay, good. Oh, okay, good. Thank you for calling, Ronald. I've, I've seen you so many times no, on a no bunch doubt. of different channels, bro. Thank you for calling in. Ronald, how did you have the main event? Oh, uh, man, I had the main event as being like, um, I feel like it lived up to what like a, um, a best fight, the best post have been like because I knew Castano was going to be able to um, come you know, he was going to be able to get inside the guard or the, or the jab of Jamel Charlo. But I felt like Jamel Charlo did, did not do enough to, um, to, like, cement his legacy. Like, I love Jamel Charlo as boxing. I like Castano because he beat, like, he beat a couple good people. Like, he got a draw with Laura. And then he he, he, he put the beast and brakes on Texera. But, like, I just felt like um they both kind of dropped the ball on it, it being, like, like um, a, a fight, like remember, like back in the day when like Hagler and Hearns, like I think they dropped the ball on going all out. That's all I feel about that fight. But it was a great fight. That's the only thing I feel like they they missed out on because I don't think Jamel Charlo even took being like Hall of Famer seriously or in his in his post in his pre-fight interview and like him just thinking like undisputed is a bunch of crap. It just made me think that this kid is ignorant when it comes to like being like a legendary figure in the sport, I just feel like he didn't do enough to beat Castano. You know? Well, 
you actually uh, said something that's got me thinking about a question I had for Kenny earlier that I wanted to ask him. I might as well ask both of you now. Number one, uh, did Charlo's stock drop after this fight? And two, which of the two Charlos you think is the better Charlo? Uh, well, that's a good question. Good I don't, let's I go don't think. Kenny, let's go Kenny and then Ronald. You can chime in. I definitely don't think his stock dropped. It just didn't rise. His, his stock stayed steady, steady cruising. He's still a three belt man. Uh, everybody still wants to face him. He didn't. He didn't take. He took a loss before he came back from it. He didn't take a loss here. He could still talk all his trash. I think his stock will drop if he has the opportunity to make the rematch and does not make it. And what was the second question? Who is the better of the two Charlos? Oh, I'm still gonna go with Jamal. Uh, he's he's the man who's daring and willing to be great. Uh, it's not that Jamal is not a, a great fighter. It's just that. He continues, I'm not going to say ducking because I'm not behind the scenes for the contract negotiations or any of that. I'm not his manager. I don't know what his manager's seeing, who he's setting him up with. But at the moment, he's just not fighting the fights that he should be fighting. So I'm going to go with the man who's daring to be great, the man who's daring to be legendary. Well, there you go. Ronald? Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I look at Jamil Charlo as being someone who um, he takes on all comers. As far as like, you know, he, he um he does try to like fight all these different guys, and he and he's very versatile. But I just feel like his toolbox is limited right now because I think he was like somebody was in his head like in his fight. But um, I feel like his jab was missing. But he is still like a, um a top a top elite boxer. So I don't think his stock dropped. But um, I, I do want to see more from him, and and I hope I answer that on both parts of the question because. The guy and Castano need to run that back ASAP to make sure that they submit who they are in the sport so we don't have to go through all this politic crap because it's a pay-per-view fight now. To me, it's a pay-per-view fight. Yeah, I, agree. I would love to see that on paper. I agree. Honestly, going into the fight, I was very disappointed with the level of promotion. I've said this to a couple people, but if you were alien from outer space and someone showed you the promotion for Tank, Barrios, and for Jermel versus Castano, you would just think that the Tank Barrios fight was the bigger of the two fights. And we all know that it wasn't. Like, yep. that was for a bullshit exactly. title. It got way more promotion from Showtime, including on its YouTube content, right? Whereas Jamal Char Jamel Charlo Castano was for four belts. Like, as boxing fans, it's what we say we always want. One champion, one face, one name in every division. That was what was on the line. And Showtime, to me... Drop the ball just like ESPN did with the Taylor Ramirez fight. I don't think that Mel Charlo's stock drops because I thought Castaño was a good opponent going into this fight. Uh, I give him credit for taking on the opponent. He walked away with a draw, which is not really, I'm not going to call it a robbery. I think it should have gone to Castaño, but whatever. He needs to take on the rematch just like he did with the Harrison fight. And to me, having two draws or a draw and a loss on your record should not, like, yep. you know, um, ruin your record. You know what I mean? And I still think that he is the better of the two Charlos because he's tested himself against the better competition. Yep. And, and you know what? And I want to say this just for the record as far as how I feel about USA Boxing. Jamal Charlo had 400,000 American Strong fans supporting his pay-per-view. 
if he actually take this rematch, he could actually be on some like Floyd Mayweather type exposure. And Castano's a beast. Castano could possibly be taking over America. Like this is a pay to view fight that all everybody should support because this would cement both of their legacies and make boxing better to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm unbiased, y'all. I just want to see the fight on pay per view because it's worth it. These guys running the back. Yeah, absolutely, Ronald. Any last thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about? Nah, man. I'm just in the chat, man. I'm glad I caught you by Troy Boxer and Kenny T. Mad respect, bro. I'm just in the chat, bro. Thank you so much, Mark. man. Appreciate the support. Uh, love seeing you on all the YouTube content. And I uh, look forward to you calling back again soon. I, I, Take care, Catch you later, brother. It's always a pleasure. Uh, one thing I want to say, I do agree with Do So Nine in the chat. He said that uh, Charlo came off as if he was good with uh, with the draw. I agree with that. He did seem like he was good with the draw, but that's because I think he himself knew that he probably lost the fight. And you know what? Instead of taking the L, any man rather take a draw. I would prefer it. If, I, if I'm fighting and I took a loss and they called me for a tie, so I'm like, ah! Hey, I won. I won. Fuck it. I won. You know, like, so yeah. I get it. So I'm trying to get 802 back in. 802 from Vermont. If you want to call back in, the line is now open. I uh, fixed up the situation that we had over here. You should be able to get in now. No problems at all. If anybody else wants to call in, again, the number 718-618-4284. 718-618-4284. Look, I had an issue uh with with something that, that somebody said uh, earlier, this was on another show I was on, where basically the person was making the argument that uh, Charlo easily won the fight. And I'm like, bro, if he easily won the fight, why was his trainer, Derek James, telling him he needed a knockout, right? Uh, Eric code 919, you're on live with Kenny T and Maestro on Mano a Mano Live. How's it going, fam? Hey, what's up, man? How y'all doing, man? Good, good, good. Thank um, you for calling in, bro. Yeah, this is my first time calling in, man. My name's Julius. Hey, Julius. Uh, this is my first time calling in. Boxer Girl hooked me up on y'all's show, man. I didn't know nothing about it, man. Well, thanks so, for calling in, man. Make sure, you hit that, make sure you hit that subscribe button and that like button, bro. Welcome home, brother. Thank man. you, Tracy. I got you. Hey, look, so what I was thinking about that fight, but before I go into the Charlo, uh, about y'all saying about the Castano fighting uh, Tim Zhu and uh, Charlo and uh, Lubin, I would say you can have Lubin and Zhu fight each other and the winners face the winner of the next fight. Because let's be honest, man, I hear a lot of people hyping uh, Tim Zhu. He's not Costa, man. I mean, look, y'all, I mean, nobody has seen the guy really fight anybody but acting like he's some type of, you know, bona fide, you know, star or something. I mean, look, Castano is someone that should have been taken very serious because he's an Olympian. He's proven himself against top amateur and international competition forever and won fights. You get what I'm saying? So I don't understand the hype behind Tim Zhu. And I'm not trying to diss him like he can't fight, but I'm just saying – you know, I think some people need to slow down with, with that hype train. And as far as the fight on Saturday, I think that Charlo got out of the game plan um, because he caught 
Castano in the second round on the ropes. And from that point on, he felt like he could lay on the ropes and could catch Castano. And once Castano caught him in the third round and got in a rhythm, you know, it was hard for – it took Charlo almost to the end of the fight before he got back in a rhythm and caught Castano and should have stopped him in that 10th round. You know, he had him hurt several times, but I don't I don't know how good Charlo conditioning was for this fight. It's normally top-notch, but the guy been training at home and he didn't want to go down to Dallas. He just had that baby. There ain't no excuse. It's just facts, man. You got to be with your trainer. You know, and, you know, Mayweather is one of the few fighters I ever seen that can train in his house for eight, ten week camps and beat Pacquiao's and Chico Corrales. It don't matter who he fight, but the average fighter can't do that. That's that's my opinion on that, bro. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for upgrading my suggestion because that's a much better suggestion than the one I had earlier in the show. Lubin versus Zoo is a great yeah. fight. And uh, both of those guys yeah. have to prove themselves uh, to get a shot at, at, a, at, a, at a title. Lubin, because he got knocked out uh, so quickly right. by Charlo the first time, right? right? And Tim Zhu, yeah. let's face facts, yes, he beat Jeff Horn. Yes, he beat uh, Hogan. Uh, but those aren't exactly A-level fighters. Uh, what Kyle no. has right now is an A-plus-plus level name because of the pedigree that he comes right. from with his father, but you're very right. He, right. Has, he has not proven himself to be Costa Zoo just yet. His his dad was an amazing fighter, and, and people that are excited right. about him, like me, are excited about him because of his dad. I, I, I will flat out right. say that. Kenny? I, com- I completely agree with your judgment. I have nothing to add on. I would love to see uh, Lubin and Zoo fight each other. Lubin is a little more proven than Zoo. And Lubin, if Zoo was able to beat Lubin, Lubin, then I think that Zoo deserves a title shot. Because like I said before, I I think uh, uh, Lubin is ready for for another rematch against Charlo because he has proven himself with his previous five, six fights. Man, I'm going to be honest about Lubin. And if if Lubin has... A major league chin, he would go undefeated in the junior middleweight division. The guy has everything, power. He got he he's slick. He also go to the body well. But that chin, I mean, even in the Rosario fight, he got hurt. I mean, I can go back to a fight he fought some club fighter on Fox. I can't even remember the guy's name. He hit him and shook his knees up like. That's that's a concern, you know. So Zoo actually got a shot in that fight only because of the chin that Lubin got because Lubin's skills is beyond uh, Tim Zoo's, but that chin, man, that, that matters, though. I wholeheartedly agree. The chin, is, uh, the chin makes a huge difference. Uh, it, it's yeah. the difference between uh, being one of the greatest and being uh, potentially – uh, a gatekeeper, as they call a, a lot of people that could have been great but never really reached their highest potential because they got KO'd and were never able to recover after getting KO'd or taking a big loss. Yeah, man, that's that's just how it goes, huh? I was just going to say, that I, I am impressed by the way the young man has come back because that was a devastating loss. Like, think about yes, it. Yes, it was. Think, you guys remember Jadon Cockington? Remember that guy? He was a big oh yeah, he never recovered. 
remember what Alan Green knocked him out. Thank you. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that? What yeah. Alan Green did to him? He never came back, right? Right. That could have been right. Erickson Lubin, but Erickson Lubin, you know, has rebuilt himself. But I still think I'm in agreement with you that he still got to take one last step before he gets back to Charlo, um, especially yeah. because of the way he lost the last time. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think if Lubin – if Lubin – look, Lennox Lewis didn't have the strongest chin, but you got to do different things. I mean, the jab is not just offense, it's defense. And Lubin going to have to definitely use that jab and a little more lateral movement to kind of hide his chin. If he do that, Lubin is a better fighter than Charlo. I'm talking about Jamel Charlo. I think that he's a better all-around fighter. But <laughs> – just because you're a better fighter don't mean that you're going to win the fight. So I, I, I agree with y'all, man, but Lubin got to find a way to hide his chin and fight. And if he can do that, he'll win the, he'll win the world title. Absolutely. Before you get going, Carla, let me ask you something. Um, and I haven't even talked to you really that much about it either, Kenny, so I'll ask you next. But what are your thoughts on what's going on in the heavyweight division since you brought up Lennox Lewis it seems to be a big mess right now. You know, we started yeah. the year. I was hoping that things would get cleared up. I was hoping that we'd finish the year with an undisputed champion. It does not look like that's going to happen. What are your thoughts on the state of the heavyweight division right now and the things that have gone on? I think that Joe Joyce is the best heavyweight in England because I'm going to tell you all something. Not only do he got a hard jab, but every punch that he hits guys with are thudding punches. And Anthony Joshua, that would be a terrible matchup for him to fight somebody like Joe Joy. And the only reason why I say he's the best heavyweight in England is because I don't think that Tyson Fury is really going to do a lot of fighting. Now, we done seen him two times he get big wins. He went on a cocaine binge. He, went, he, he wasn't training for this last fight when they called it off, you know what I'm saying? COVID was the perfect antidote for him to use. I just I just don't know where Tyson Fury head is. Uh, Deontay Wilder got the punch, but I don't know where his head going to be after taking a, um, the loss that he did. You know, that first loss, like you were saying about Lubin, Lubin is, is strong mentally. All fighters ain't like that. All fighters can't just bounce back from a devastating loss. So I don't know. So to me, right now, the most reliable heavyweight who had, I don't know if he's even going to get a title shot this year, is Joe Joyce. You know what? Not only do I agree with you, but I want to play this. They don't want a war. They don't want a war with big juggernaut, big juggernaut. They ain't never seen a hook like Joyce's. Make these heavyweights settle down their voices. <laughs> I'm ready for Joe Joyce on Saturday, man. Carla, <laughs> he gonna stop. He gonna stop, Taker, man. Yeah. But all right. Thank you so much for calling in, fam. I really appreciate. No it. problem, bro. And, um, keep I appreciate, it, man. We'll keep calling back. We we'll keep calling back. We're here. Every yeah. Monday. See, so look, y'all. Every Monday at the same time. Every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Got you, bro. I got y'all locked in, man. Thank you, fam. All right. Thank you, brother. You take care, brother. So just. The- just a reminder to everybody, it is Monday night, and that means one thing and one thing only, HCP is war. All right, it is Monday night, 
HCP's war. HCP, we're doing it big every Monday, all right, when it comes to this boxing talk thing. We're followed up tonight with another great show, the one and only G-Funky Boxing host, HCP Uncensored. Make sure you check it out. I know G-Funky's going to drop the link at some point. Make sure you head on over at 9 o'clock. Uh, we got another caller coming in right now, area code 267 from Pennsylvania. Area code 267, you are live with Maestro and Kenny T. How's it going? It's going good. It's actually the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, Philly three, Drew. Philly Drew. <laughs> What's up, bro? How's it going, brother? <laughs> Not so much. I'm seeing a lot of people so like, I don't know, they said I was capping last week on my show when I was talking about when I couldn't pick a freaking winner for this fight and everything. But I, I had an A4. I could have easily scored a 9-3 for Castano because, to tell you the truth, Jamal Charles didn't adjust. He stayed on the ropes where he should have got him in the middle of the wing where he had the advantage at. And most of the time, he just threw a jab just to keep him at bay. I, I really, like, the to tell you the truth, when the when the guy gave him a ten eight round, the guy the judge that judge that had it one fourteen and one thirteen, you must have Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles watching this fight. Oh, I agree. That was an outrageous scorecard, and that guy needs to be brought in and ask questions about how he got to that scorecard. Because to me, it's simple. If a guy isn't throwing punches, you cannot score the round for him. Like the rounds that were clearly his were the round where he clearly hurt. Brian Castaño, and those rounds were the second and the tenth. But there were other rounds where Castaño was outlanding him and where Charlo was throwing and landing, but they weren't, like, stinging, like, hurtful shots, and they were too far, too between. What were your thoughts, Philly? Well, here's the thing. I had it. I scored the second to six, the tenth and the eleventh for Charlo. They're the rounds that I had for Charlo. Like, I gave Castaño the twelfth round. I gave him the other rounds, too. Like the round that they said gave that they, that judge gave him a ten eight, he actually came back in that round. They had they say he was hurt in the he was hurt in the round, but he came back and, and fought still. If he was clearly hurt and everything, he wouldn't be able to come back. They had to stop. The bell would have ended the round, and he would still be hurt. Then I can understand giving the dude a ten eight round and everything, but the dude came back and fought in that round. Let's. But I also had to, I also had to talk about these heavyweights because I know somebody brought up Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder on that. Yep, yep. At the at the end of the day, people need to stop. Need to face it. Tyson Fury is going to whoop Deontay Wilder's ass again and probably end his career. And if you want if you want to make a case for another heavyweight, why the hell is Anthony Joshua not on the pound for pound list? But he always fights at least top notch competition. Top 10 competition, even if they're mandatory, he still fights them. He has the better resume out of all these heavyweights. And I just don't understand. People have tank on the on the pound for pound list before Joshua. Uh, you know, it's a good point about, about Joshua. He's definitely the most consistent heavyweight, uh, not just in the way he fights, but also in terms of, guess what? The fact that he fights. You know, if AJ says he's fighting... Uh, you can pretty much bet your money on the fact that he'll be turning up to fight. Uh, that includes taking on rematches after losses, the way he did with Andy Ruiz Jr. Tyson Fury is a very unreliable, unpredictable guy. 
um, what, what can you say? Uh, right now, you got to go with AJ. And as far as I'm concerned, I have Joe Joyce ahead of Dillian White. Uh, D-Style, you're just joining us. What are your thoughts on what you're hearing? You're on mute, fam. There you go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Mano a mano live here on my Instagram. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. And don't forget to hit that all when you hit that bell button. Now you're notified every single time Maestro Oz classes and session. You know what I mean? Uh, but check this out, guys. Um, Joe Choice is one of those guys that he made me believe in him, right? Like, I didn't believe in him. And then, and, and then he just he hammer-fisted Dubois' eye socket to death. Right? Like, he did a fatality Made him bend the knee, and it was a wrap. You know what I mean? That's what he did. He just did this, but but he did it with 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 such concise, and he hit the same spot over and over, and he mixed it up, of course, throughout the fight. Took big shots from Dubois to prove to everybody he has a chin. What makes him very dangerous in it in the division, like the heavyweight division. You know, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, him. You know, being the guy to hold the mantle. I just I don't think. Look, Anthony Joshua beats the shit out of Joe Joyce. A hammer fist jab isn't enough to beat Anthony Joshua. It just isn't. People are still giving Anthony Joshua shit because of his loss to Andy Ruiz, okay? A style that Joe Joyce does not fight anything like at all, right? So if styles make fights in boxing. So if you want to point out the trouble that Andy Ruiz gave him, you have to explain to me what is it that Joe Joyce does like Ruiz. Like he doesn't have the fast hands of Ruiz. Nah, Ruiz throws like six punches to like one of Joyce. These like speed wise. Just saying. You're forgetting something. You really are. Me and Juggernaut are stepping out of voices. Told no, but we got some other choices. Come on, he's the Juggernaut, bro. And hey, the Juggernaut doesn't lie. You know what I mean? Like the, the Juggernaut. That's why he just keeps coming. You can't stop him from coming, right? No, and I'm like, saying we're all comic book guys, right? Juggernaut is right? one of the best super villains out there. He's very tough to hurt. Right, I think it's a great nickname. I have not seen Joe Joyce get hurt except once to the body. To be fair, he got touched up uh, uh, to the body. Um, who was it against? It was. We're against... not talking about body shots, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are talking about body shots. But AJ's not a guy that really goes to the body that hard. Uh, Philly Drew, anything else? Philly Drew, I think. Give him a. Oh, there you are. Go ahead, Philly. Sorry. Go ahead. I think the guy that will give him problems, Joe Joyce, because basically to the body, is a legitimate boxer, and that would be Usyk. People are really underestimating Usyk's boxer ability against these heavyweights. I really think he's going to beat Joshua, and I'll box him 12 rounds. That's how I think he's going to beat Joshua, and I really believe he beats Joe Joyce the same way. I really think he gets to the body on Joe Joyce, and eventually in those combinations to the head and everything. And like, nobody's going to stop Joe Joyce. It's going to take a real hard punch to stop Joe Joyce. But you can easily outbox this dude all night yeah. if you can. Joshua stops him. We'll see. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I agree with D-Star that Joshua stops Joe Joyce. Uh, Usyk, I think, will beat him like he did when they were in the amateurs in the World Series. Like like Emil Carr said, he's going to beat him with combination punches. He's going to put a whole lot of shit, punches together, body, head, hooks, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't see Usyk knocking him out. I think I do see AJ also beating Usyk if if his size, if his size can be enough. And if he learned enough 
from the Ruiz fight to stay away from the speed, from the combination punches to the body, to the head, the, the hooks to the head and the body. Uh, Usyk is a is in a master class when it comes to boxing, but he is the much, much, much smaller guy in the boxing division. Matter of fact, I don't think that Joe Joyce or Usyk are proven in the heavyweight division. I don't even know why we're talking about either of these guys against AJ besides the chance, besides the fact that Usyk is getting the opportunity because he is the mandatory. And I don't think that Usyk deserves the opportunity because he just came up from the cruiserweight division. It just happens to be that he was uh, undisputed. So he's getting the opportunity because of that. Yeah, because okay. WBO has that rule where when you're in the lower weight class, you get to rise to the higher weight class. Philly Drew, uh, thank you for calling in, fam. Really appreciate it. Call back next week if you can. Uh, no problem. Appreciate Bye. it, bro. You take care. Now we've got the great G Fun Stradamus there on the wall, right? Uh, we're, wiz- <laughs> we're, missing, we're missing the wizard cat. You know, I got to send one of those out to California for you. How's it going? It's ATP is war. Uh, what were your thoughts generally on on uh, on this weekend? And uh, give us a little preview about what's coming up at nine o'clock. Well, we got Joe Joyce, right? Is that that's what we're talking about here? <laughs> uh, I just got literally just got out of the pool, man. Uh, it's hot out here in this area, so I'm this is a Joe off, Joyce but... uh, fan club channel, G Funky. Fanboy Kennedy is a fanboy or no? no, 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 no. I don't use that terminology, man. <laughs> hey, man. Joe Joyce, a major player, road heavyweight. Don't sleep on the juggernaut, man. Uh, he surprised the hell out of me with when that Dubois fight. I thought he had no chance. I thought Dubois was going to be too quick. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to be able to catch him with, with shots and hurt him. But that dude took everything that Dubois threw at him and then broke his eye. Uh, with with the hammer jab, I mean that thing was like a a sledgehammer, bro. He was throwing it at him, you know. Um, he's a he's a dangerous fight, man. For anybody, I I would not be surprised if he beats all these dudes at heavyweight, and I mean all of them. It I, would not surprise me. He's a six foot six, two hundred and sixty plus pound guy that does capoeira and can do backflips and cartwheels. He doesn't have the biggest hand speed, but he's athletic. He's got great footwork, and he's got a great trainer in Ismael Salas who I think pound for pound is the best trainer in boxing. You got him training everyone from Kazuto uh, Ioka, a guy at 115 pounds, all the way up to Joe Joyce, a big super heavyweight. Uh, He's a great guy, um, great trainer, and uh, I think he's ready to shock shock the world when he gets a big opportunity uh, because he's got a tremendous chin. And what I really like about him too, he's got great cardio. You don't really see him tiring out. Right? He was there pumping that jab all round, every round uh, against Dubois. It was Dubois that was gassing hard uh, in that fight. So there, there you go. Um, yep. before, before we send everyone over to HCP Uncensored, remember it is HCP is war. It is Monday night. These are the Monday night wars. <laughs> this is the attitude era. That's right. YouTube boxing. I got to get your guys' opinion and give it to me straight. Amilcar Vidal, great prospect. Rate him on a scale of 0 to 10. Hit me with it. Five. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. He's just a prospect. Though. I'm not even a prospect. Ten. You know what I mean? But I give him a solid five. In the words of, remember when Stephanie McMahon didn't want to give Danny Bryan the push? You're, you're a B plus 
he's a C plus, like C plus player. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to call his win a gift, but I don't part. I don't think he won, but I don't think it was a robbery either. You know what I mean? He could have given it to him. And shout out to his uh, countryman, man, that UFC fighter. I forgot his name. Give him a shout out. So you're not the only fan of Milkar. Okay. Wow, yeah. Five out of ten. Wow. G Funk B, hit me with it, bro. I'll go one above that, man. I give him a six. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to come down that hard on the kid for, for his performance. He was in there with a guy who felt like he was at the end of his line. You know, he felt like if, if I don't at least win this fight or at least, uh, look good, look competitive that, you know, I probably won't be on cards like this anymore. I won't be, I won't be, uh, seen by a lot of fans. So the dude came to win, you know, it was going to take a lot to get him out of there and, you know, he got hit with a lot of shots, but the other guy hit him too. Uh, Aline fought well, you know, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just throw him away. Like I see a lot of people like, ah, oh, he's not that good, you know, uh, and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not going to jump on that train just yet. He was in there with a guy who, like I said, he, he needed a good performance like this to keep his career alive. I guess you could say, you know, because if he would have just got blown out, we probably would never see Aline again on any, on any major card. So he did what he had to do. You know, so credit to him and credit to the young guy for, for getting the win. Whether you thought he won or not, you know, it was a close fight. Well, there you go. Like I said, uh, Amilcar is not one of the more common Spanish names. Uh, we're kind of few and far between. When I see one in the sport of boxing, I'm going to try to show the kid love. Uh, but, yes, I agree. His, it's somewhere between a five and a six right now. I think he needs to get with a new trainer. His older brother trains him. He needs some more uh, refinement, I think. He's up that boxing skill. Uh, maybe even up, you know, get better technique to land those hard shots because his hard shots were landing against kind of lesser tier guys. If he wants to go to the next level, he's going to need to step it up. But that is it for us tonight. That is the end of Mano a Mano Live. Uh, it's time now to head over for 8CP Uncensored. That's been dropped for you in the chat. Make sure you guys head over. That's it for Mano a Mano. We are out of here. Take care, guys. Thank <laughs> you.